Blockbuster trade yesterday as Pierre-Luc Dubois, 22-year-old top-line two-way center, gets moved to Winnipeg along with a third-round draft pick for Patrick Laine, and he gets to go home to Columbus. We wouldn't have done, we wouldn't have moved to Patrick Laine uh, for anyone, you know, that uh, that didn't fit that certain criteria of a top centerman or a, or a, a top defenseman. When that opportunity presented itself, I felt it was necessary that we made that move. Fraud off of Demko, and a shot they score! Tyler to Foley. Over the wing line, Suter from the left circle, shoots, he scores! Hat trick for Pius Suter! All three goals here against the Red Wings today. Suter with the first two for the Hawks, and then that one, which may be the capper. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. And welcome to another edition of Our Line Starts. Hey, everybody. Liam McHugh here. Patrick Sharp. Keith Jones. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to, about two weeks into the season, we're going to talk about the most surprisingly good team in the NHL. We're going to get into a hat-trick hero from Sunday's game between Chicago and Detroit. But we have to start, obviously, with the biggest news in the NHL, blockbuster trade on Saturday. A couple of young but disgruntled star talents traded for each other. Patrick Laine, he gets moved from Winnipeg along with Jack Roslovic to uh, Columbus. And in return, it's Pierre-Luc Dubois, who had been benched by John Tortorella, and a 2022 third-round draft pick. These guys were the second and third picks overall in the 2016 draft. They have produced for their teams, and now they get dealt. New scenery for both of them. A lot to dive into, but let's just start with your initial reaction. I heard Jonesy's on Sunday on TV. Sharpie, I haven't heard from you on this. What did you think? I thought it was a big-time trade. Uh, great job by Winnipeg, both players, Roslick and Liney, looking for a change of scenery. So it's kind of a two-for-one swap, try to make everybody happy. Uh, whether that's going to happen or not, we'll find out. But to me, Roslovic is the key to the deal. I love Dubois. I know Liney can fill the net. But this Jack Roslovic guy playing against him over the last couple of years, he didn't get a whole lot of opportunity in Winnipeg to play on the power play, play in the top six. You look at some of the skill forwards that the Jets have, and you can see why he wanted more ice time and just wasn't getting it. So I think the fact that he's going to Columbus, he's a hardworking forward. He can play all three forward positions. Uh, including the center ice position, which is also valuable any time of year. I think he ends up being a player that everybody needs to keep an eye on and really kind of breaks out and, and bursts onto the scene. That's a great perspective, Sharp, because I, he did not jump off the page to me. But then again, you know, you think of Brendan Lemieux, who was unhappy in Winnipeg. He went to the Rangers, had a nice influence there with the way he played too. So that's uh, that's a bright spot for the Columbus Blue Jackets because they, they're going to need help at the center ice position. For Winnipeg, I love it and talked to Liam about it yesterday as well. Their center ice position is outstanding. Uh, Paul Stastny moves down to their number three. Dubois is their number two. He can go up against the opposition's top lines. He can score. He can dominate games like he did last year in the playoffs, especially against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, you're backing up a guy like Mark Shifley. And if you're if Mark Shifley is being pushed, you got a heck of a hockey team because his game is an all-around outstanding game, a very consistent player as well. So from Winnipeg's perspective, I think there's 
a major advantage that they have gained on the rest of the teams in their division. And that being a extremely strong center ice position. And that means a lot of wins in my eyes. And I think Winnipeg won the trade based upon that. Yeah. I love the fact that uh, before the trade, Kevin Sheveldayoff, general manager of the Jets, was saying, okay, if we move the line in, we're looking for a, a first-class top-flight defenseman uh, to join the Jets. And all of a sudden, Pierre-Luc Dubois becomes available. He's like, oh, I'll take that guy. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, let's not forget Adam Lowry as a really big physical checking line center. Those guys come in handy really all times of year, but especially in the playoffs. They can do a, a focusing job on shutting down the other team's top line. So I'm with you, Jonesy. The center ice position is stacked in Winnipeg. Uh, they got some some great talent there, and uh, kind of changes things in that uh, North Division. Yeah, Sharpie, uh, I agree. The the uh, Roslovic part of it is underrated. I mean, he's from Columbus, Ohio. He reportedly wasn't happy in Winnipeg. Now he's going to be extremely happy, motivated. He goes back home. But let's just bring it to Dubois because listen, there's plenty to dig into with Line A, especially when you consider he's going to play with John Tortorella. But let's start with Dubois. Um, any concerns at all? Because this is a guy who clearly was unhappy. Um, you could question, I guess, his effort, his motivation during the last two weeks when he got benched. Any worries about him now that he goes to Winnipeg? Jones, oh, I'll start I think, with you. Oh, go, oh, ahead, sorry. go ahead. I'm junior. Uh, You're I, senior, Jonesy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Stay out of my way. So I, I would say I have less than 1% worry about Dubois. Okay. I think he's going to do a very good job there. I think uh, – Whatever happened there, I don't know if it was the fact that he felt like he should be paid Austin Matthews type money and term and Columbus wasn't going to give it to him. It, in my eyes, it kind of seems like that was the biggest part of the issue. He clearly stated when he had an opportunity uh, a day after the trade that John Tortorella was not the problem, that uh, he respected what Torts had done for him in his career. So I think he's going to be going into a situation with an extremely uh, good attitude and I think the way he handled his last few days and probably weeks in Columbus wasn't ideal I wish he would have handled it differently but he got the result that he was looking for he got out of there probably quicker than Columbus wanted to trade him and in essence he probably helped his own situation because he's heading to a place where he's going to do some damage with the Winnipeg Jets so I'm not I'm not worried about him in that regard There'll be a ton of attention on him going up to Canada. Uh, Winnipeg's a city that lives and dies with the Jets. Every detail will be scrutinized. I think that's a good thing for Pierre-Luc Dubois getting out of Columbus and going to Winnipeg. He's going to have a chance to become a league superstar and get all that attention that, that some of these young guys want. And he's not the guy, the only forward in Winnipeg that we're going to be talking about. He's going to be surrounded with some pretty speedy wingers, some guys that are filling the net. Their power play can score goals. And going back to that playoff series, Toronto versus Columbus last year, Dubois showed me that in the playoff time, he can compete, he can battle, and going head-to-head -head with Austin Matthews and John Tavares, he was pretty good. I don't think it's a player we saw in the last two weeks in Columbus. Fortunately, I haven't been in a situation like that. Uh, I don't know what he was thinking the last couple of weeks. It's probably on the phone a lot, waiting to be traded. It's tough to really prepare for a hockey game and, and be committed to being the best player you can with all that noise going on in the background. So... I think for Dubois, he's probably excited to join a new team and just play hockey for a while. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with both of you. Uh, I mean, I think it's going to work. Uh, I think this is a great spot for him. But it's the other side of the trade that I have bigger questions about, and it's it's Patrick Laine. No question about the fact that he can fill the net, all right, because in a bad year, a guy who's 22 years old at this point, in a bad year, he gives you 30 goals. He, he has a shot. He has a natural gift to score. 
But if there's a question, it is about intensity, it's about effort, and really about consistency of both of those things. And now you're going to pair him up with John Tortorella, a coach who absolutely demands that you consistently, night in, night out, bring it. And I wonder how that is going to mesh. And I think you have to have some big concerns because if it doesn't mesh, then you have another player who perhaps is there, doesn't work out, and then doesn't sign long-term. Sharvey, what's your thoughts on this? I agree with you, Liam. Uh, I'm going to be watching the Patrick Liney situation in Columbus just to see how he fits in. Uh, before I, I beat up Torts and say that that skilled players that that play his style of game, looking for quiet areas, use the heavy shot, uh, don't fit into Torts' system. Look at how Panarin played his final year in Columbus. I know he didn't stay, but he's a pretty effective player playing for John Torrell in that system, doing good things on the power play and making players around him better. Liney is a player for me that has that lethal shot and he's got to get it off in different situations. Who's he going to play with? Who's going to get him the puck? When I watch Columbus play, they're straight lines. They're a physical team. They take pride in winning those one-on-one battles and they can shut things down defensively and win a game one nothing. Uh, Liney is the type of guy that can be a game breaker on the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm not sure how it works out long-term. I'm, I'm a thinking that Liney is going to be excited to get out of Winnipeg, join his new teammates. There is a Finnish connection with Jarmo Kekalainen as the GM in Columbus. So we'll see how it all works out. Let's not forget Roslovic, but, but Liney's going to have his hands full with torts demanding some certain things from his game that we don't really see every night with Patrick Liney. Sometimes a fresh voice, a different coach can all of a sudden just snap a player into doing the things that the previous coach was preaching for him to do. And Paul Maurice is a great coach. He's also a very uh, demanding coach. He's very similar in some ways to John Tortorella. So the message is probably going to be similar, but just sometimes a fresh start can uh, all of a sudden open the eyes of a player to, to do the things that he's being uh, demanded of. And I think that line A's unique skill set that Liam touched upon and you did too, Sharpie, is going to be something that is really welcomed in Columbus. It's something that they've lacked. It's something they lack with their team right now. Uh, they have a very good back end. They have puck moving defensemen in both Jones and Wierenski that should be able to put the puck in places where he can fire it. Uh, Winnipeg, when he was scoring a lot more frequently, they did have some guys that could get him the puck back there. Their defense is a lot different looking over the last year and a half. Um, I think he's going to welcome that part of the game in Columbus that their D can move the puck and the power play should become a lot better because of his great shot. So he's going to feel like he's a big part of that team. He's going to be their top line winger. I don't think he ever felt like he was in Winnipeg. Uh, The Jets wanted to make him earn it and he wanted it to be handed to him. And that just uh, situation didn't work, but it's going to be handed to him in Columbus. And that's the part that I think we'll all be watching closely to see if he grabs it, runs with it, and starts to light it up again like he did his first couple of seasons. Yeah, and they need it. I mean, you have a Columbus team that's averaging two and a half goals per game. I grant it's only six games in, but they're 26 in the league in scoring at this point. They need a guy who can finish. He certainly supplies that. Uh, but you wonder about, you know, the immediacy, the effect of the uh, change of scenery. So, you know, take me back. During your time, do you remember a guy coming from somewhere where he was clearly unhappy coming onto your team? Uh, yeah, how does it work out? How does it fit in the locker room? Does, is it a weight lifted from these guys? For for me, uh, the one I can think of, and it's I don't know how disgruntled he was in Boston, but it was when Joey Juno came over 
to the Washington Capitals. He had gotten off to a great start in his career. I think he had over 100 points his rookie year with the Bruins and was traded to Washington for Ally Afraidy. And Al went on and was kind of injured in Boston. But Joey Juno was a real, real important part of our team in Washington. Never put up the numbers that he did his rookie year in uh, Boston, but he did give our team a boost and he seemed to be in a happy place once he arrived there. Uh, that's the only guy that I'm thinking of that I, I think came from a situation where there was some relief that he was moved. I'm, I'm trying to think, and I know there's been all kinds of players that that's happened with. I can speak from my own personal situation. I enjoyed being traded every time I was traded. And I loved the guys that I played with. I mean, I just thought it was pretty cool to go to a new team, a new coach, and have a fresh start with a team that at that point seemed like they wanted you more than the team that obviously just traded you. So there is something that um, gives you a good boost when you're moved from one club to the other. And most of that comes from the obvious thought that the team that just acquired you really wanted to get you, especially when you're traded for you know some good players and you're not just handed to the other team as a as a disgruntled guy that your your club's just uh, happy to be rid of so there's a there's a lot that happens when you're traded getting off to a good start goes a long way though and helping your confidence and helping you become a a member of your new team quickly uh, point production does matter yeah there's a couple guys that that I played with, I was on the team and we added them. Uh, they wanted out of their previous situation. The first guy is Radim Verbata, great uh, offensive winger. He came to Chicago a long time ago from Carolina. I wasn't getting a lot of ice time in Carolina. wasn't even the lineup, in the lineup most nights. And then he comes to Chicago. I remember him smiling every day. He was playing the power play. He was on our top two lines. He was getting points. He was a completely different player. Uh, so it can work out. There was no baggage at all coming from his previous team. And then going even further back, I was a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. We traded for a guy named Mike Comrie, who was an all-star at the time. He had some issues going on in Edmonton. Uh, we were excited to get him in Philadelphia. We watched him play on the line with Justin Williams and Simone Gagne. They were all kind of in their mid-20s in age. Very exciting time for the Flyers. But unfortunately, that really didn't work out uh, with the coaching staff there in Philadelphia. And Comrie was playing for a new team shortly thereafter. So it can work both, work both ways. My own personal situation... I left Philadelphia uh, looking for a new opportunity to play more ice time, uh, play more games, have more of a role uh, in the offense with a new team. And I really didn't have any opportunity to go anywhere other than the Chicago Blackhawks back in 2005. The team wasn't very good. They were playing young guys. I thought that'd be a great spot for me to go. Uh, spent my first 25 games with the Blackhawks playing 17 to 20 minutes a night. I had zero goals. Uh, so just because you want out and you think the grass is greener somewhere else, and, and sometimes it doesn't work out the way you have a plan in your head. I scored in the 25th game and, and things turned around from there. But uh, and these two players switching organizations, Liney and Dubois, I think they're just probably happy more than anything to do one last media availability, stop answering questions about it. Let's get down to playing hockey and fit in with their new teammates. I have one last thing about this. I, I do want to get some odds uh, and how this has shifted the odds for both of these clubs. But one last thing on this, um, you look at the the list of like highly skilled, highly talented players. I mean, you mentioned Panarin earlier who have been with the Blue Jackets, but then did not sign long-term. And obviously we have the Columbus team that's remember, they really went all in uh, a couple of years ago, a bunch of restricted, a bunch of unrestricted free agents, guys who were coming, uh, contracts were about to expire. And then a lot of, there was this mass exodus, right, from Columbus. This is a trend. So how important for this franchise is it that if Patrick Line, if he produces out here, 
that he winds up signing long-term for Columbus because this is a team now with a reputation of star players come in, talented players come in, and then when their deals are about to expire, they are on the way out to the door. How much does this need to work, Jonesy, do you think? It, it would be devastating if he doesn't re-sign. I mean, it's as simple as that because that trend is something that they need to have stopped now in Columbus. It's a very nice city. It's in my eyes would be a really good place to play. I enjoy every time I go to that town. So it's important for them from a recruiting standpoint that they put on a good show for this guy and that he wants to stay. Now, Yarmo Kikalainen is going to have an inside track in getting him to sign because they're you know, from the same place or from the same country, Finland, of course. And I'm sure that they've had some established relationships before this happened. Uh, I, I, I think it's imperative that he signs. I, I, don't, uh, I do not want to see him leave this situation. I hope he signs within the next few weeks and locks up there in Columbus. I think it would be an outstanding message for their fans and also for the future because it's going to be really important that players want to go and play for the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's a must sign in my eyes. And for that reason, I think Torts gives Patrick Liney a little bit longer of a leash than he otherwise would. I mean, you can talk about Columbus and people wanting out of Columbus. Maybe it's the coach that people don't want to play for. I don't know, but for whatever the reason is going to be, they need to figure this out and keep the superstar player there. I love going to Columbus. I scored goals every time I played against the Blue Jackets. We had a good team. They had a bad team, and it was a great place to go and bad stats. But now they've got a team that's won some playoff rounds in the last couple of years. They need those dynamic superstar players. I love the way they work. I love the way they compete. That's all covered. And a lot of coaches kind of wish they had their teams to play that hard. Now they got to sprinkle in some, some dynamic players, and Patrick Liney is one of those guys. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it's big for Line A, it's big for the franchise, it's big for John Tortorella. Uh, we did the All-Star Game in Columbus a few years back. Uh, it's a great town. It's it's a strange place for the All-Star Game because obviously you're going to get goals constantly. So that cannon was going oh, off like yeah. crazy. It, it's a strange mix, the cannon and All-Star hockey there. But uh, I, I do want to forward this, though, uh, with the odds because our friends at Points Bet Sportsbook, uh, once this deal was done, there was movement. And uh, for Winnipeg, there was significant movement because their Stanley Cup odds go from plus 7,000 to plus 4,000. So big jump there. 
Division odds, though, in the north, in that new Canadian division, they go from plus 2,700 to plus 1,000. Uh, we'll get to Columbus in a second, but I just want your reaction to that for Winnipeg. The odds in the division, the odds to win the Stanley Cup. Jonesy, I know there's still some defensive questions, but you do get a center that plays both ways. So you like that? I mean, is that an appropriate I, I love it. I love it. I think that it is appropriate. I think they'll be about plus 750 after two weeks after he's been there. I think it's only going to get lower. And if I was betting it, I would suggest doing it now before it drops even further. There's no dominant team in that Canadian division, in the North Division. I mean, the Canadians are playing really well, and I think we'll talk about them a little bit. But mm. the Winnipeg Jets on paper are equally as good as the Montreal Canadiens. They have a different defense but they have a great goaltender like Montreal does. Hellebuck and Price uh, could be comparables now, at least where both players are at in their careers. And they've got a forward unit, a set of 12 that are as good as any in the league. And that's going to be what's going to propel them further. They also have options. They have, you know, a lot of forwards that can play. And that means you can always move one and add to the weakness that you have on your team, adding a blue liar. Uh, which obviously would go a long way in helping their chances to get out of that division. But I like them as much as any other team in that division that come out of it. And I like them more than four or five of the teams that they're in there with. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's nice to have so many forwards available. It provides a little bit of competition up front as well. You can always move one for a defenseman, as Jonesy said. Uh, Connor Hellebuck is a first-class goaltender, one of the best in the league. He can win you playoff rounds on his own. But for me, what stands out with Winnipeg, is they play a playoff brand of hockey. They're hard to play against. There's not a lot of open ice out there. If I have the puck on the opposition, I don't have much time before I have to unload it. Uh, if I don't, I'm going to take a big hit. And even if I do get rid of the puck, I'm going to get a cross check or a hack or a whack, a scrum after the whistle. Those types of teams tend to do well uh, in the playoffs. And watching all of that North Division's games to start the season, feels like they're off to a pretty intense start. A lot of playoff-type matchups in games 0-5 to five to start the season. So... I like Winnipeg. I like Montreal. I could say the same for three or four teams in that division. I think it's a good bet to throw some cash on the Jets right now. Columbus, uh, the movement not as significant with the odds from points bet. Uh, Stanley Cup odds went from plus 6,000 to plus 5,000. So they improved their division odds from plus 1,600 to plus 1,200. So interesting because, you know, teams deal and both teams improve their odds. But I, I wonder if that's just a matter of obviously this team is better with a player who we expect to play for John Tortorella as opposed to a player in Pierre-Luc Dubois who was being benched by John Tortorella. Uh, so I'll put it to you this way. Now that they have Line, and let's say that, and, and Line's got something to prove here too, right? He doesn't want to go to his second team and be considered a guy who it doesn't work out again with another team. Do you look at this team now as a team that should make the playoffs out of their division, Columbus, Jonesy? I do, Liam. The one thing is what's always stood out to me about their team is their work ethic. They're not going to be outworked. And in a division-type format like we have right now, those type of players are going to go a long way in getting you into the playoffs. Uh, that tenacity that they play with, the way they rally around one another, which I think was demonstrated the day that Dubois left. Line had, had not arrived, and they still found a way to win a game against the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Tampa being in their division makes it a little more difficult to pick them to win the division, although the absence of Kucherov certainly evens things out for other teams that are trying to win, like Columbus. 
John Tortorella knows the buttons to push. They're difficult to play against every night. They have Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski, and they have very good goaltending. Uh, all of those things make them a playoff team in my eyes. And I don't think they take a major step back, but I'd feel a lot more comfortable if they had a happy Dubois in the mix there as well. Yeah, I agree. I think they're a playoff team. You look at the division, I've got Tampa Bay penciled in, Carolina, and then watching the Dallas Stars over the weekend. Wow, they surprised me. Maybe they were just really well rested with playing their first couple of games of the season after the the COVID stuff going on, but they look like they're picking up where they left off last year. That leaves one spot for a handful of teams, and Columbus would be the team that would grab that fourth spot for me, and you can switch those top four any way you want, but Columbus wouldn't really want to be a team I'd want to face in that first round of playoffs. We've seen how that plays out in the last couple of years. Um, Toronto had a great battle with them, Tampa Bay the year before, so uh, there's lots to like about Columbus, so keep an eye on them and see how Roslovic and Line fit in, and Everything I hear about the guys in Columbus, it's an awesome locker room. Great guys led by their captain, Nick Foligno. Uh, they're going to welcome these two players in and try to get the most out of them. Whatever their styles of play are, you need them to be effective for you. And Columbus is a team to keep an eye on. Yeah, and it's a fun bit of juice right at the beginning of the season, right? You get a 56-game sprint. You get a major trade with two young stars. Uh, excited to see how it develops and plays out. But uh, I'm going to bring it back to, you know, Jonesy, you mentioned Montreal because you'd have to say easily the most – positively surprising team so far in this early season 4-0-2 record going into this one clearly some new additions who have had something to do with this success you bring in Josh Anderson from the Blue Jackets who we were just talking about Tyler Toffoli who's been just lighting it up who signed as a free agent then you had in Joel Edmondson Jake Allen's in the mix as well they're in the north they're off to a fabulous start but is this just a small sample size in this you got to get off to a good start. It's a 56 game season. I get that. But is this just a team with some new faces that's off to a hot start? Or is this a team that you think can sustain this success and perhaps emerge as the winner of this North division? Sharpie, you can begin. I think they are the latter. Uh, they've impressed me the last few months of hockey that we've been watching going back uh, before March of 2020, I guess it would be. I wasn't too excited about the Montreal Canadiens and what their future looked like. And then all of a sudden that return to play, uh, they look like they're a different team. And a lot of that has to do with the defenseman that they have. Shea Weber on the back end is playing some great hockey. Finally, he's healthy. He's throwing his weight around. He's scoring goals. Jeff Petrie's doing great things on the power play. I love the addition of Edmondson and Ben Sherratt uh, playing against him when he was in Winnipeg uh, a few years ago, I always felt that he was a good skater and a hard guy to play against. We know about Carey Price. Uh, Nick Suzuki, to me, is a player that is going to be discussed a little bit more throughout the course of this season. He's a young kid, very crafty, can make all the plays, and he's got a little bit of confidence to his game, a little bit of Patrick Kane, as we saw in the Philadelphia series last year, not taking a backward step uh, in that area. Josh Anderson coming over from the Columbus Blue Jackets fits the mold of a playoff type player, big, strong, physical uh, Montreal. There's all kinds of attention on these guys and that can be a good thing. Um, get these guys playing at a high level throughout the course of the season. So they're my favorite for the division to be quite honest with you. I know a lot of people love the Toronto Maple Leafs. I do too. I just think Toronto or excuse me, Montreal has that deep group of players and, and the playoff built style of hockey. I agree with Sharpie. I think they're a very good team. Uh, goaltending, obviously, with Carey Price and having Jake Allen there to back him out, uh, up is great news. Head coach in Claude Julian that's been there, done that. 
what they demonstrated most to me was the way that they can play when the playoffs roll around. And that was really good hockey last year with a much different looking roster. Uh, I love the fact they have a strong defense. Weber is playing like he did back when in the Olympics with Sharpie. He's hitting everything in sight. He's got that big blast from the point. He's defending against the top players. Sherratt hits everybody. Edmondson now gives him an element of toughness on the back end. And Petrie was outstanding last year. So can't overlook their blue line. They've got a lot of good young forwards and they've got some good veterans mixed in. And all of that adds up to a very difficult team to play against, a well-coached team, a disciplined team, and a good hockey team. So would not shock me at all if they continued to lead that division all the way. Again, 4-0-2 to start the season, all six of the games on the road. And granted, you're not playing in packed arenas or hostile arenas, but it's still, it's away from home. So it's a fabulous start for them. Jonesy, it sounds like you're saying at the very least, you think this team's going to make the playoffs. Yes, okay. for sure. So you, and I, yeah. Sharpie, you agree with that because you think they're going to win the division, Sharpie. And I think both of you think that Toronto is going to emerge from the and make the playoffs as well. And it would appear that Winnipeg should put themselves in a position to be one of the teams that comes out as well. So that leaves really one spot. Is that spot Edmonton's? No, not, not in my eyes. I mean, I, I'd give it to Calgary and Vancouver before I give it to Edmonton. They're, they're just not good enough. I mean, they have two superstars, but they have nothing around them. And, I mean, it's really thin, even in goal and on the back end. They do not have the depth. And, you know, Dave Tippett's a great coach, and his teams are all about work ethic. They've got guys that are going to work, but they just don't have the talent around two superstar players. And it's disappointing because I think we all love watching – McDavid and Dreisaitl will play, but to, to say that Edmonton's going to make the playoffs, I'd be stretching it. I'll be surprised if they do. Yeah, it's a long season. You know, who knows what happens? Those guys can fill the net in Edmonton, and if that gets them into playoffs, then, then that's going to be the reason they get in. Uh, I, I would tend to lead right now at this point, first couple of weeks of the season, to the Calgary Flames being a better hockey club than, than the Edmonton Oilers are. Vancouver's got some issues keeping pucks out of their net and giving up too many prime scoring chances. Ottawa Senators have a lot of young pieces, but they're a few years away. So I would lend uh, my vote towards the Calgary Flames. But, you know, I'm just thinking about the Montreal Canadiens in this division. Like, what a shame it is that they're going to have to play with this great team in front of an empty building. Because, I mean, Jonesy might echo this. Going back to when I was playing in the league, there was nothing like going to Montreal when the Canadiens had a great team and the building was awesome. It's just a great place to play. And it's awesome for the sport of hockey. So hopefully we can get some people in there as quickly as possible. Yeah, and we're going to get yeah. a team a team from Canada in the NHL's version of the Final Four. We know that a team's at least going to get that far. Haven't had a team from Canada win the Stanley Cup since 93. But the amazing thing, again, with Edmonton, and I agree with you, Johnsy and Charby. I mean, they're thin. But, man, you have two different MVPs in their prime. And you've got multiple teams in there before them. Uh, which, I mean, in many ways it's sad. You don't want to see these seasons go by and these players not play in the playoffs, but uh, it looks like it's early on, but who knows what could happen, but it doesn't look good right now for Edmonton. Let's finish up with uh, someone who had a fabulous Sunday, which is Puce Suter of the Chicago Blackhawks. He enters Sunday's game against the Detroit Red Wings with zero career NHL goals. It's his sixth career NHL game, and then he goes out and he puts up a hat trick, which is – astounding when you consider the fact that Patrick Kane went 623 regular season games before he got his first hat trick. Uh, we had Mike Babcock in the studio yesterday 
Pavel Datsuk, over 900 games played in the NHL. No regular season hat tricks. Uh, this guy goes out there. He scores three, scores two early in the second period. Sharpie, you had four hat tricks in your career. Your first one came November 17, 2007. Also, Chicago against Detroit. What do you remember about that? I remember that was um, right around the time in my career where I was turning into a pretty good player. And it was very exciting for me because it was right along the same time that our team was starting to win games. And all of a sudden, everybody was talking about this young Blackhawks group that had some potential. Now, the game was in Joe Lewis Arena. I always got excited to play against the Red Wings because Chicago and Detroit has a great rivalry. And even when we weren't packing the United Center back then, uh, we'd always get a huge crowd for the Red Wings games. Uh, this one was on the road, and Dominic Hasek was in the other net. And uh, I don't even know what happened. I had an assist early and was feeling pretty good about myself, scored a couple goals um, earlier in the game. Then I was on the ice for the empty netter. I actually blocked a shot, believe it or not. I don't think I intended <laughs> to block it. It just kind of hit my stick. It hit the, the bottom of the shaft of my stick, and uh, it popped the shaft. So the stick was broken. It was useless, but uh, I didn't drop the stick. So I probably could have got a penalty. It had enough juice in it that the puck came right to me. And as I was stick handling, I was like, oh, maybe I can skate up the ice and maybe gain the red line and dump it in. Or I don't think I have enough juice to get a shot on net, but I skate all the way to the red line. Nicholas Lidstrom was the defenseman backing off for some reason. And as I went to shoot the puck into the open net, Lidstrom like got really big to make the save as if I was going to fire one high and my stick just gave out and it just slowly trickled across uh, the goal line and went in uh, with a broken stick. So that was... A big memory in my life, to be quite honest with you, it was an awesome time for us in Chicago. We're all young kids um, playing in the NHL, playing against these great legends of the Detroit Red Wings. They had Hall of Famers all throughout their lineup, and, and we were finally not losing games 6-2. to two. We maybe beat the Red Wings a few times, and it was optimism everywhere. That's really cool. You shoot the changeup yeah. by Lidstrom there. Uh, that's fantastic. I assume you're a little bit more excited than Pew Suter, who seemed to be the least impressed of anyone yesterday when he scored that hat trick afterwards. He's talking about, yeah, we had a better start than we had the game before. That's good. I'm that just tells parents. me, that just tells me that this Suter guy scored a ton of goals. I mean, the, yeah. the Hawks for the, the shape that they're in as a team, nobody's picking them to win the Stanley cup this year, but you look at what they've done, um, bringing in some young forwards to this group, going way back to Artemi Panarin. You know, he wasn't uh, an 18-year-old player when the, when the Hawks brought Panarin in. He was a, a seasoned veteran playing in European hockey. He comes in, he wins Rookie of the Year. Uh, they do the same thing with Dominic Cook. He comes over from Switzerland, scores 30 goals as a rookie. Uh, now they've got this Pius Suter who had a great season in Switzerland last year. He's, he's, not a, he's not a young kid. He's an experienced hockey player, and it looks like he's confident and fits right in. So for all the grief that the Hawks are taking online and by the fan base, maybe we can uh, pump their tires a little bit. Jonesy, we'll finish with you because you had 11 multi-goal games in your career. You didn't have any hat tricks. So the last time you had a hat trick in your career was when? Playing for the Baltimore Skipjacks, I had four goals in one game, and I thought I was going to do it again. I never did. That was it. I never got the hat trick. I had multiple opportunities to get it. And the only one I came close to, I actually passed the puck on an empty net. I wanted the goal, too, but it was just one of those situations where you couldn't even disguise it. If You'd look like a real selfish guy if you, if you shot it in the net. So I gave it up. I was playing with Joe Sackick at that time. And I think he had a milestone goal that he needed. So I gave it to him. And that was uh, 
for twofold. Number one, I knew he was going to give a few back to me along the way because he was such a great player. And two was to make sure I didn't look at with my new teammates that I was a real selfish guy because I had just arrived in Colorado, Colorado at that time. I think it was a game against San Jose. And, um, and I think my second game with the team or so, I had the two goal games. So I was fired up about that, but happy to kind of fit in with the team, giving it to a superstar like Sackett. Well, it was your second game, so things are going well. I'm sure you're like, well, I'll get another opportunity, right? I, I thought I would playing with those guys, too. And believe me, I should have. I played with Lindros as my centerman. I played with Brindamore. I played with Forsberg. I played with Sackick. So there's really no excuses as to why I didn't get that hat trick. I guess it kept me hungry till the end of my career. But I, I, always, I always wanted to get one like every player that plays the game. And I agree with you. The young man Suter there did not look like he was overly impressed with himself. And that probably bodes well for the Blackhawks in the future. Hopefully he does it again. Well, it was, uh, it was, listen, it was a fun thing to watch. Uh, it was much needed for the Chicago Blackhawks. who obviously started the season with four straight losses. They're giving up five goals a game and they went back to back games against Detroit. Suter gets the hat trick. And the good news Sharpie is that for Chicago, they get to play Detroit a lot. Uh, because they're going to need to to pick up some wins right now. And uh, the good news for all of us is that if you like goal scoring, Chicago's a great team to watch because they give up goals and they score goals. They're kind of like boxer stands right in the middle of the ring and just throws punches. All right, guys, that'll do it. This edition of Our Line Starts. Thanks so much for uh, bringing me down memory lane for hat tricks from the minors, from the NHL. Sharpie, Jonesy, appreciate it. I'll see you this week, guys. All right, see you, buddy. You got it. See you, see you guys. Take care.